everybody and welcome to this week's bonus podcast where we are doing a classic character profile on the character of Gordon Clegg. Gordon Clegg. Gordon Clegg. Because, sadly, the actor Bill Kenwright died just recently, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and we do realise we hadn't actually talked about Gordon that much on the podcast before, so we thought it would be a tribute. perfect time to do it with a tribute. Go down memory lane. I say it's memory lane, but a lot of what we're going to be talking about today we haven't seen. But no. we'll be, we're not going to pretend we have, but we'll do some really good reading on Corripedia and we'll try and recount it back to you in an informative and entertaining way so let's see how we get on Gemma would you like to um, do a bit of a rundown of his vital stats for us first a lot not a lot of people know that his real name was actually Gordon Clare Egg no it wasn't stop this stop it at once <laughs> he was born on the 20th of May 1950 his parents were Ted Farrell and Betty Williams his real parents spoiler no his biological parents yes and his adoptive parents were Les and Maggie Egg stop Leg. it <laughs> He had his half sister, but we don't talk about that. No, we don't. No, no more information. Who Who knows? Uh, And he was married to Caroline Wilson in 1982, and he had a child called Peter Clegg in 1985. He first appeared on the 15th of April 1968. He last appeared on the 20th of April, 2012. Wow, so he was going between 1968 and 2012. He must have had, like, thousands of episodes in that time. He was in 106 episodes. 106 episodes. He was played by Bill Kenwright between 1968 and 1995, and he returned in 2012 for that final appearance. But he was also played by Jeffrey Leslie in 2002 to 2004. I think it's Jeffrey Leesley. I didn't know if that was a spelling mistake. No, I think, I think I it's... I trying to let you off. <laughs> Sorry, no, I think, I Normally, think it's Leesley. I make a point of saying when you've made a mistake and you criticise me. <laughs> yeah, and this, up, and this time I tried to smooth it over. No, so I'm never doing that again. I, I think it's Jeffrey Leesley. He, he has been doing other things. I don't know whether he's how famous an actor he is, but I don't really know about that sort of stuff. But he's mostly Bill Kenwright. He was Jeffrey Leesley for about three episodes. So he's mostly Bill. And that's mostly what we're going to be talking about today. So uh, Bill Kenwright, he had... Um, well, we, we talked about his um, life slight, a little bit on the podcast a few weeks ago when the news of his um, death broke. And um, he really... He, he did it all, didn't he? He was he was an actor. He was a singer. He was a, a football chairman. Yeah. Like, I don't and, really know what, I don't that know what that is. Anything. I don't... I know. I was like... Is it just to be in charge of... I think it just means you're in charge of the club. But you yeah. don't tell them what to, how to kick stuff. That's no, the I, manager. I don't, I don't really know. I think know. a football manager's like, right, lads, you formation. Got to get the ball down the other end. Tackle the other players. No, I don't I don't know whether he did that, but he was... Um, I, I know that he was very beloved by the Evertonians, well, the, the fans of the, the football club. Is it Chairman the guy that does the... Or the lady that does the business things? I think like, he did oh, do some business. Oh, we've got a sponsorship yeah. from... Yeah. Hot also pot. well known, also very well known theatre producer. Yes. I think that, to me, I mean, and I, that's probably what I would automatically go to when they say, well, what does Bill Kenwright do? But we'll be talking all about that later. Um, before coming into Coronation Street, he had done, he had a little bit of a go at being a pop star. He was in a group called um, The Chevrolet and then another Love group that. called Bill Kenwright. Bill Kenwright and the Runaways. I love it when, when like the lead singer of a yeah, band says, "It's my band. I'm having my I name in it, and you're just the, the rest of the one. band." Yeah, but it, it didn't go so well. So he, he went down the acting route, um, and he had roles in a few shows during the sixties, including Julius Caesar and Z Cars, classic. And he was also in the ITV Play of the Week in 1967. But it was really Coronation Street where he made his um, big splash on the little screen in 1968. So, Les, uh, sorry, 
not Les Clegg, um, Gordon Clegg has got kind of an interesting and very kind of soapy backstory, hasn't he? That these days on Coronation Street, you probably wouldn't blink or you wouldn't, you know, go, what, so what? He's got a, a sordid past like this. But tell you what, it was proper, proper scandalous. scandalous back in the 60s, wasn't it? You, do you want to kind of start us off with well. his sordid beginnings scandalous you don't beginnings say that, i know no. i don't know not sordid. so judgmental no 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 it was, 1949 betty gets up the duff yeah lovely betty can't believe it can you believe it i can I remember <laughs> when she was young she was a rugger she became pregnant after a night with a wartime sweetheart sweetheart called ted but then he goes back to his wife in Portsmouth and she couldn't get hold of him so she decides to give the baby who she calls gordon Okay. Baby Gordon, up for adoption. Very classic name back in 1940s. Oh, just imagine in the, uh, in the what they're called. It's not a crypt when you put babies in there when they're alive. No, like the, the bit where all the babies sit and you look at them through the glass. The bit where the baby swaps and steals happen. Yeah, the yeah. baby, <laughs> the baby, baby marketplace. I don't know. You tell well, we're not parents. Well, yeah, in the ward, in the baby ward. Yeah. And they were like, oh, yeah, you've got this is so cute. Yeah, but half of them are called Gordon. <laughs> right. I like, speaking of names, what, what is it with Coronation Street and Ted? Because yeah. Betty's secret baby daddy was Ted. Yeah. And Audrey's got a secret baby daddy called Ted as well, Someone, isn't she? Gail's, Gail's secret dad was Ted. Someone called Ted has, has done wrong here. Or, yeah. or, there's a, or there's a Ted that's really respected for being a bit of a player. But clearly, oh, you yeah. think uh, it depends on whether it was a man or a woman, I suppose, <laughs> that came up with this idea. So, um, she decides to give baby Gordon up for adoption, and Betty's sister Maggie's like, Hey, you've got a baby, I don't have a baby, and I want one. I've got married to Les two years ago, and I, they told me I could never have kids, but they didn't say I couldn't steal one of yours. Yeah. And so they so, say, okay, cool. Yeah, so they, they raised Gordon as their own, and as Gordon grew up, as far as he knew, he was the biological son of um, Les and Maggie. And he still stayed that way for a little while. And Maggie Clegg was mm. the one who was in charge of the shop. Yes, yeah, she, she... She's the blonde one. Yeah. And she was in the show before, before Betty, Betty arrived. Betty arrived as her sister, and then... Sort of took over as the more significant character as time yeah, went the on. More significant sibling. Mm. Yeah. So um, he he the, the Cleggs came into the show in 1968, and Gordon um, at this point was an accounts but clerk. Hang on. What? None of this backstory is known to the viewers. None of that backstory. No, no, we didn't know this. So All of the stuff we've way. just told you, nobody knows about this. Yeah. Don't go back as in time to 1968 you know, and tell them, please. When you're watching this in 1968, Gordon is the biological child. Well, this is yeah. This was how it Betty was written. Betty is his aunt. It was very much a, a, a retcon, much yeah. like they like doing occasionally up, yeah. in Coronation Street now. They did not even think of this idea. No. Right? So he, he he's comes to stay in at the Cleggs in 1968. And um, you can tell straight away that there's a bit of a... Um, tense relationship between him and his dad because Les Clegg is a massive alcoholic. And again, the name Les, Coronation yeah, Street. bad. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't have quite a good reputation. Also, Les Clegg, Le Clegg, Leg, Clegg, Clegg, Clegg. He, he didn't... Not a good name, is it? He Le wasn't Clegg, in the show very much. And I... We, we've seen bits of the 60s and I'm thinking we've possibly I only seen maybe one episode really with Lesin. No, no, I, I, I don't quite even in... remember her being with an abusive man. No, we, we didn't see much of it. Uh, I'd quite like to go back and watch a few bits of it because some of the scenes that came up in 1968 sound like they were they were they were worth a watch because uh, he, he basically. Les. Do you think he's Leslie or Lester? 
Clegg. Leslie. He's Leslie Clegg. Leslie Clegg. Yeah, Leslie so he Clegg. basically, he's a massive drunk. He, he beats his wife up. Gordon, not so happy to be related to this man. Or so he thinks. So, well, he um, also probably gets a stick as well. Well, maybe he does. Maybe he does. So Albert Tatlock decides that Gordon needs a girlfriend. Yeah. He's just he's just come to visit them, and and Albert's like, I'm gonna gonna set you up with somebody. You know, Albert's good at that. You know, Valerie and Ken, and now he sets Gordon up with Lucille Hewitt, who is um. Is now her name's Lucille. Lucille. Heel. Yeah, Loose Morals Hewitt. Oh, who um, she she was living with. Um, I think at this point. Harry had died. Harry Hewitt, Lucy's dad. I can't remember. If, if, if you haven't at this point, it was not far off it. Annie and Yeah, Jack so I think, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so she, she was gets, She was known as being the, the teenager well, in Coronation Street. She was years. the only one they had. Yeah, exactly. So Albert reckons that Gordon will be a, a perfect arm candy for Lucille, but Maggie doesn't approve of this because basically she doesn't want Gordon to be getting intimate or just, you know, platonically close with anybody nearby because she's worried that that Lucille and, and I guess others are going to find out about Les being an alcoholic. So she's really kind of pushing Gordon against doing that. On his 18th birthday, Gordon has a drink in the Rovers and um, it seems like he's got a bit of a reputation as being a bit of an ambi-pamby mummy's boy. So he decides that he's going to have the same drink as Ray Langton, the, the local roughy tufty with the, with the gorgeous shoulder-long length locks. And, uh, and uh, but he's a builder, so you know you, you got to drink the same as a builder if you want to show your manliness. That was a manly haircut back in the day. I know, so manly I know. you can't be bothered to go to the hairdresser. <laughs> yeah, too barber. cool for that. So yeah, he because Ray, Ray is um, kind of seeing Lucille at the same time as well, and and Gordon's trying to stake his claim on her, saying I, I drink beer too. I'm a man. Mm, delicious so beer. Maggie gets Annie to intervene. Annie Walker at the pub. Um, to help keep Lucille away from Gordon, but Annie says, "Well, no, look, you're just smothering your son. Don't, don't get me involved." Imagine being in queue, accused of being interfering by Annie Walker. Yeah, I know. Ultimate would you just die? <laughs> Maggie tells her that Lucille is corrupting her son, and the <laughs> pair have a bit of a fallout oh, over no. it. So Gordon is still seeing Lucille at this point. I think she is pretty much two-timing him on and off with Ray Langdon. I, I don't know. But Corden's seeing her secretly. Um, and meanwhile, Les's drinking is just getting worse and worse and worse. And this is the episode that I quite like to see. There's one one episode, apparently. He comes home totally plastered um, to the shop where they're, where they're living. Like you said, they, they were running the corner shop. And he gets into a, a bit of a struggle with Mackie. With Maggie. 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 Gordon has to pull him off of her. And it all gets very kind of, yeah, kind of physical. And um, go- Les goes down, hits a window display and ends up in hospital. And while he's recovering in hospital, that's when he admits that he needs help. And he's admitted to a psychiatric hospital. He goes there for two years and never comes back to Weatherfield again. So he's literally in the show for a few months to say, alcoholism is bad now. We don't know what to do with you now. We don't want to show you recovering. (laughs) Off you go. No, being tipsy is fine, but being alcoholic is bad. Yes. So... Annie learns from Ina about Les being an alcoholic because oh, when exactly all of this, all of this goes on and then the word spreads and Annie's uh, like, right, no. Lucille, I don't think you should be seeing Gordon actually because she fears that alcoholism is hereditary. Could be. How, how would you know? I, I, exactly, exactly. People who don't know these things back in the day. Lucille just runs out on her because she's, she's so madly in love with Gordon. Later in the year, Gordon gets annoyed because Lucille starts flirting with this American G.I., they, they always had GIs turning up in the Rovers in the late 60s, didn't they? 
This one was called Gary Strauss. Gordon ends up fighting with him for her, and Lucille says, oh yeah, that's that's what I wanted. I just wanted to get a reaction from you, because like I said, he, he really does have a bit of a reputation as being a wet blanket, and she wants to put a bit of fire into him. So um, they continue dating, but Gordon is still jealous of the time she's spending with Ray, because... Why not? She's going out with him as well. And he then decides, Gordon does, to go on a date with another girl himself. But he decides, no, this isn't for me. Lucille is the girl that I want. I'm going to marry her. And he proposes to her. She accepts. Hooray. Maggie and Annie are not happy with this arrangement at all. And Gordon tells Maggie that he's just had enough of her. It's his life. He'll do what he want with it. Good for him. So Maggie says, what, what? I'm just going to refuse to give you permission to marry Lucille then. And I think that they were, I think they were 18 at the time. Well, he was but, 18 because he had a drink. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Gordon was 18. I'm pretty sure Lucille was. But Maggie's like, well, I'm not I'm not going to let you marry her. So, but it's probably back in the day. Yeah, I think that the, the rules and the ages and everything were different. Written permission from yeah. three adults. Unless you want to elope to Gretna Green, which is what Lucille and Gordon concoct a plan we to do. We saw this episode, didn't we? did we? see this episode. We absolutely saw this episode. Is this so, on one of the DVDs, I yeah, suppose? Yeah, this was one on the 60s DVD. So they go to the train station and basically... This was great. They spend they the episode... The yeah, they're missing the train. I think they miss it twice and there's just a, some really nice dialogue throughout that um, episode as they it's really fun talk too. through, is this what we really, really yeah. want? It's just fun watching them uh, sitting out, you know, mm. out and they, get, they have a cup of tea. I don't think they have a lot of money, do they? And they're no. trying, to, t- trying to sort of buy a buy a cup of tea mm, mm. so they're, they're chatting over you know what is this the right thing to do Lucille ends up getting cold feet worrying what um, Harry would say about well, yeah what he would have said about what she's doing and also worried about Gordon missing his exams I, I really, I'm, can you just have a look on your what? phone when Harry Hewitt died was was he dead at this point because I know that there was a bit where she was staying with Annie when um, Harry was living in Ireland with Conceptor wasn't he so I, I don't know what's Right, don't know just, where we're up to. Just checking, this. we're not talking about the famous um, Australian sportsman. We are, we are not talking about that, Harry here. We're no. also not talking about James Hewitt. Who okay, might right, be you, Harry you have a look at that for me. So they end up going back to Weatherfield. <laughs> no, Jack so throws him out of the pub when he when Gordon tries to just have a reasonable chat 1964, with him. 1964. Oh, there we go. He's like. long gone at this point then. Um, and that's pretty much it for Gordon in 1968. No, what? He no, fa- no, 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 no. differently. He last appeared in 67. 67. Well, he's still dead he's at still this dead. point. Definitely dead. Um, there's uh, that's right. 1969. Away, yeah, that's it. 1968 was, um, there was a panto um, in the community centre or wherever it was. Aladdin this year. He was supposed to get a big role in it, but he ended up losing his voice. So he ended up getting a role of Chi-Chi, whatever that is. Um, and then he goes and sees Conceptor in Ireland in Christmas. Hmm? Sounds possibly Possibly like, you uh, wouldn't be able to have a character like this in this day not, and age. No. Yeah, so they, they go over to see Conceptor, um, Lucille's um, stepmum, um, over the over the and new year. And probably Christopher as well. Probably Christopher as well. So Gordon ends up coming back, leaving Lucille in Ireland for a bit. But we're now into 1969, Gemma, so I'm going to pass over oh, to you. Oh, thanks. I love that. It's the best. Um, Gordon takes Audrey Fleming and everyone falls asleep. They go to the cinema and no one remembers that episode. You didn't, did you say where the she did? Did you just say Gordon takes Audrey Fleming? To the cinema. To the, to the cinema. Did you say cinema? I've, I I stopped and then I continued. Oh, sorry. Okay, I wasn't really... I'm pretty sure I said it. That's Maybe all right. I psychically projected it. So he's he's still got Lucy. Why are you going to Audrey... Why are you talking to Audrey Fleming? Yeah, she's, she's really boring. boring. She's really boring. And she's married. Well, they get spotted by Hilda and she starts spreading gossip. 
and Dickie Fleming thinks it's all an act to get back, to get at him. Yeah, this was the, the Dickie and Audrey Fleming. They they came into the show and they were a really young married couple, weren't they? Yeah. But there was lots of kind oh, of affairs they didn't like and each other anymore. Didn't, wasn't she? She was seeing <sighs> Ray Langton she was behind just, his back as well, wasn't just, she? No better than she should be. Yeah, Dickie thinks that he's that hmm. his wife is just parading around. I don't get with what that Gordon to to make him jealous, basically. I don't really get why no better than she should be is an insult. She's no better than she should. What does that mean? What do you mean? Well, when somebody says, oh, she's no better than she should be. I don't... What does it mean? I know it's an insult. What does it mean? Like, does it mean that you only do the bare minimum? She's no better than she should be. Yeah. I don't know this expression. I think you made it up. Well, I don't know what I mean by it. (laughs) (laughs) Continue. Gordon passes his exam. Hooray, he's an accountant. And he wins £5 because he's one of the youngest ever candidates. And so he buys an engagement ring for Lucille. You were looking up £5 just the other day, weren't you? Because we were watching an early 60s episode and and, and somebody there was doing something or other with £5. And wasn't it? Oh, yeah, somebody had a a fiver. It's like 100 quid. Yeah, yeah, so he gets a hundred quid or so for being one of the youngest ever accountancy candidates in the country and he uses it to buy an engagement ring. Isn't that adorable? That's that's very sweet. £69 by that that year. Oh, okay. 69 in 69. eh? So, now he's an accountant, uh, and he finally approves of him, but he's having second thoughts about getting married and uh, and the wedding and everything. And he tells Maggie he doesn't want to marry Lucille anymore. And he tries to tell Lucille, but she won't even listen. She's too excited. And uh, she's she's booked the ceremony for Easter Saturday, which is one of these. Sounds like it was the original, I've got something to tell you. Wait, Gordon. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you first. I've booked us a wedding. Hooray. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Lucille continues to prepare for the wedding and she gets herself a wedding dress and then Gordon walks in on her wearing it and he just freaks out and says, I, I can't marry you. And he's incensed, accuses Maggie of putting him off um, of Lucille and Annie's like, you have to get married now. But Gordon stands firm, but he won't take the ring back because it's only 69 quid. <laughs> Lucille goes out on a bender. <laughs> Gordon decides to move to London to work at the head office and he meets up with Lucille at Jackson's Chippy and they have a very amicable final goodbye. And then he has leaving drinks at the Rovers and he ends up going down south. Down south. And that could have been the end of Gordon, wasn't it? That was certainly the end of his biggest stint in the show. He basically, the actor um, Bill, wanted Bill Kenwright, was, was hired by Coronation Street and they thought that they would be able to keep him for a bit yeah. longer. So they had these real grand plans for him. They want the, the original plan was that he would marry Lucille and that they'd be, you know, the, the street's next big married couple. But Bill said, oh, I, I don't want to stay on anymore. I want to spread my wings and be the chairman of Everton Football Club exactly. and the, the, one of the world's leading theatrical producers and, like, and much oh, God, more. Right. So um, they had to completely change their plans and and this is why the, the jilting ended up happening. Well, it's also left us with Dickie and Audrey Fleming as the I, bright young things. Yeah, I don't think they street. stayed much longer than this either. It does make me wonder, like, what what if Gordon had stayed? Because I think it's fair to say that he's not exactly one of Coronation Street's most well-remembered most characters, is he? Most people don't know who he? this character is. No, well, they, they tell you what they will do after they finish listening to this, I'll tell you. He's a name that people might recognise, and... I mean, you, you've got to watch Coronation Street in 1968, basically, to get an idea about what this guy was like. Um, but yeah, it does make me wonder how different things would be 
if they'd have stayed on. Because even Lucille, she was she stayed in the show for quite a while after this, didn't she? But she never she never married again. Maybe they would have had her have kids. Maybe she would have stayed on. This this decision well, of Bill's of, to leave. No, the reason that she left the show was not her decision was it no no it wasn't no no of course but it does it does make me wonder I, I like kind of these alternate histories what if yeah somebody had decided to stay on as particularly if coronation street had had big big plans for them um and it, well, he, could, he could have been as big a household name as the likes of your name then fair club he could have been Ray, the Ray second Langton. ken of cory he could have been the second ken absolutely absolutely him he does make frequent well not frequent he makes some returns to coronation street um over the next couple of decades Biggest of which I would say was the 1974 to 75 return. Now, by this time, his mum... Yes, still (laughs) mum. His mum, Maggie, is engaged to this guy called Ron Cook. And Gordon returns to Weatherfield for the ceremony. Clegg Cook or Cook Clegg? No, she she, she becomes Maggie Clegg. I mean, she becomes Maggie Cook. She does it all she traditional. So I don't think they, they had such a thing back in those Wouldn't days. Let a woman do that. So Lucille pretends not to care that Gordon's back. Obviously, she was somewhat hurt by the um, amicable, in inverted commas, dumping that she received five years previously. But she kind of secretly does get makeup up and gets herself ready just in, just in case she might see him and able to convince him to stay in Weatherfield. Um, but Gordon doesn't got time for girls himself because he's got he's on a mission having learned that Maggie's fiance Ron is an alcoholic another one she sure knows how to pull him doesn't she that does Maggie does she keep picking him up in like meet, uh, meetings or something yeah yeah she just hangs around the AA meeting um, Outside, hall when and... they get not, when they come out yeah I guess so I and guess she's so. like all those people in there they're just trying to crush your dreams. You come with me, you can have as much beer as you want. I don't and even, immediately they're like, brilliant. I don't even think they had an alcohol licence in the shop at this point, No, did there they? was a big story about <laughs> yeah. that, wasn't there? Yeah, that was, wasn't that with Rini versus Yeah, Annie? Yeah, yeah, and Annie Possibly. did not want them to get that. Yeah, so she doesn't hang around That's drugs at all. That's a long story. But so we won't get into that right now. So anyway, Maggie says, look, son, don't worry about this. Ron, my Ron, hasn't, dropped a drop, hasn't touched a drop of alcohol in two years. Um, and Gordon's like, good enough for me. Eventually he gives the wedding his blessing and they get married. As long as he said he isn't, yeah. then that's, that's fine then. Yeah. So meanwhile, Gordon catches the attention of a new girl called Beverly Mather, who, um, oh, the interesting fact about her, I think so, the actress who played her played another character also with the surname Mather the previous year. Mather or Mather? Ma- Mather, Mather, I don't know. So... Well, that was weird. That's kind of almost like... An unrelated person with the same surname. Yeah. It's like they brought her back and then no, decided... Like, we really like. We really think you look like a Mather, but yeah. now you're a Beverly Mather. It's a little bit like the um, when Rita came back into it the second time. They wanted to call her Rita and then they decided, oh, let's make her the same Rita as had been in it previously, you know? Mm-hmm. And also a little bit like um, Bruno Langley playing Candice's boyfriend... And then coming back oh, the, yeah. the, the next year and playing Todd, her, her new boyfriend. They were, they, well, this is 74. They're probably thinking, no one's going to know. No one's, no one's going to know. This is Who's be- going to ever talk about this? Well, no that's one. That's the thing. I, I wonder, I wonder how many people ever did recognise this sort of thing. That it's so much easier for us to pick out now. Well, for Corypedia well, to like, pick like, out mostly. It's a click away, isn't it? Yeah. Even even we get told, like, characters who have been who are in it now, we might yeah. discover a few weeks or months into their tenure. Oh, yeah, they were in it five years ago. Didn't you notice? And no, of course we didn't uh, notice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
We I'm re- not a super recognizer. Really don't notice. Really don't notice these kind of things at all. So I don't know whether they would have back then. And I was reading this earlier. I was also thinking. Um, I wonder if they would ever have conceived of a, of a world where Coronation Street has like its own website and a podcast, and people are like talking about it. But then I thought they probably did because it was massive all the way through its run. Like it immediately was hugely popular mm. and if you told them what a podcast was they'd probably be like yeah yeah of course there'll be podcasts about coronation street <laughs> they'll be really really good yeah <laughs> not just played by people who are reading things that they found not on the internet stuff people who have actually them. seen every single episode yeah um i, I would i would on we're working our way slowly through the sixes very 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 slowly aren't we so you never know we might well. get to seeing gordon clegg at some point so anyway um Gordon and Beverly starts dating. He he he, ends, he serves her in the corner shop one day, and they get talking, and they become what do you an think item. He gives her like a pound of ham. Yeah, <laughs> bit of bit of his bit of sausage, maybe. Um, so Maggie gets married. She and Ron emigrate to Zaire. I remember this happening as well. I remember yeah. thinking, "Why are you going? What what's, Zaire? What's in Zaire? What was you know?" Zaire. What is there to, to attract you from Weatherfield what there? Was good I don't in know. Zaire. So Gordon promises to stay in Weatherfield for a bit because she is leaving quite quickly and they need to sell the shop. So he agrees to oversee, oversee the sale of it. In come the Hopkins family. Another, oh, good. Yeah, I know, I know. Another family name that casual um, viewers of Coronation Street were like, Never heard of them. Maybe the name Trisha Hopkins, who ends up being a, a friend of Gail rings a bell. But this was this was really one of Coronation Street's examples of a failed family, wasn't it? These were these were like the Mortons <laughs> of the nineteen seventies. But I, I think they honestly worse I think than they, the Flemings. No, no they, one's worse than the Flemings. The Hopkins were in the show for less than a year. You had you had the mum and the dad Hopkins, Granny Hopkins, Granny Hopkins exactly, who was actually everyone's favourite Hopkins, and, and she, then Trisha, the, 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 the granddaughter. Um, so they come in and they they want to they want to buy this shop. Can I? I didn't. I I knew that Zaya. I didn't think it existed anymore. But um, it is maybe I'm stupid for not knowing this. But maybe some people don't know. It's now the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Oh, is that the same place? Is it? Yeah. Well, I didn't know that as well. Fantastic. Good facts. Good facts. So anyone wants me to tell you anything, I'll if I if I've got Wikipedia, I'll tell you the answer. I think in the early days, yeah, the Hopkins are just renting the shop for the time being, <sighs> but they've they've moved in and then they're running the place now. So. Who they think they are. That's what I don't like about them. Who they think they are coming in to the corner shop and acting like they can sell ham. No. no they were also very, very Welsh, weren't they, the Hopkins? I don't care about whether you're Welsh or not. I'd, I'd like I'm to... I'm not xenophobic. I love Welsh accents. I would like I to have like, a proper yes. Welsh family on Coronation Street. So, I would you know, like, maybe the Hopkins' granddaughters can come back. Trisha Hopkins, she could still absolutely come back into the show. I don't know if Gareth going. Gareth Pitt Gareth Pitt doesn't have a Welsh accent. No. But he is Welsh. But can he do a Welsh accent? Because it would Almost be so certainly. much fun if for some reason he speak Welsh, can't he? Yeah, yeah, go, go, go. It would be Welsh. so much fun if for some obscure reason, because you know how they like to do their jolly japes at the, the Undertakers, which is the most hilarious business in Coronation Street. If he had to pose as a Welsh person <laughs> for some story and started speaking in a Welsh accent, I would just love that. That would be fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, um, if we're not going to have that, then a full-time Welsh um, character, please. Yeah, it's not maybe, too far away. Maybe played by listener Al Parr. Oh yes, Al Parr. I look. think he could be really good. Yeah, get him on the show. Yeah, get him on the show. So, Start a petition. 
Um, Beverly. But, but best Welsh character ever because the, this is the competition. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really the not much. Beverly, um, Gordon's girlfriend, remember, that goes off on a trip to Southport with him one day and she decides that she would quite like to work in London. Something about Southport that inspires you to want to move to London. Apparently so. And he's like, well, great, you can, you can have a job there. Um, but then Betty... Okay, so his, this is his aunt at this yes. point. But Gordon is currently staying with her in Weatherfield. Because they're very close, yes. Yeah, yes. Finds out from Billy Walker that Beverly has got of a bit of a bad reputation. I wonder what that's for. Yes, hmm, I wonder. Burning her bungs or something. What? <laughs> so Betty comes home one day to find out that Gordon and Beverly are engaged in a little bit of hanky-panky and she tells them in no uncertain terms, sling your hook, mate. You're not staying in my house and getting up to that funny business. That. It's illegal. Off you go. So, um... <laughs> So Gordon goes down to London. Beverly finds out that he's gone back without her, and and that's kind of the end of that young love. Unfortunately, I think he, she was dumped. She was. She was. Um. So he goes off. That's kind of mid nineteen sixty nine. Comes back to see um Betty at Christmas, and Maggie is back from Zaire at that point. Briefly, she just comes to have a have a little the democratic look. republic of. Uh, by this time, the Hopkins have told Betty. A bit of a secret they've discovered, and this is this Who is what we're waiting for. This it. is this is the big Gordon Clegg moment, the massive story, the thing that the actors were very very peeved about when it happened. The scandal. Yeah. They found a birth certificate that says that Gordon Clegg's mum is actually Elizabeth Preston, who, as of course we all know, is Betty. Betty Turpin. What is it point. with Betty and keeping important bits of paper hidden? What do you mean? Did oh, she well, also well, hide the, the uh, deeds? Oh, yes, we'll find out about that at the end. You're right. She's <laughs> this... just hiding all this really important paperwork all over the shop. Gor- the, the, the Gordon and, and Betty and the, the Cleggs in general are, are the retcon family of Coronation Street. They're I like the squirrels. So, the hiding, hiding facts. Yeah, so basically, we now know the viewers. Why have you got I just had it. I'm just, I'm just pointing with my pen. Yeah. Because I'm being a teacher at this moment. Listen carefully. If you're in drift into this. So what at the back there. Listen, listen. Betty is actually (laughs) Gordon's mum. We knew this. We We told you that at the beginning. beginning. But now the truth is not completely out there. But Betty has been told that by the Hopkins that they know. And so she's doing her best this Christmas to stop the truth. Getting to Gordon's ears. But of course. They, they were they were they, they were, were right nosy. They were basically buggies. using it as blackmail. Yeah, Granny Hopkins, Hopkins particularly, no, was a really she was brought in to be a replacement Ina Sharples type character. Um, but everyone just hated her. It, it, she, it just didn't go down well. It I was a didn't. real flub of a battle axe, was Granny Hopkins. Mm. But yeah, at this point, she was like, I've, I've got something on you, and I'm going to. They, they, they basically try and use this secret to get a good. to try and get a good deal on the shop. Yeah. So, 1975, Gemma, over to you. Well, Maggie realises that she's going to have to tell Gordon the truth before she goes back to Zaire, because otherwise he's going to find out. So she breaks the news. To him, and he's like, oh, 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 oh. "This is a this was a really touching scene." I was doing a bit of um, watching a YouTube while I was putting my notes together for this, and on the scandals episode of the Corrie Years, which was on, I don't know, it was about ten years or so ago, wasn't it? They did show the scene of Gordon being told by Maggie, and it was this really kind of moody, dimly lit scene in the lounge, and they they both did a really good job of this. Yeah, so he's like, he he does not like the idea that he is a. I'm allowed to say that. 
it's it's a legal term. Is it a legal term? Hmm. I don't know. But he's he is technically a bastard. But he's also like, I'm glad that Les is not my dad. Yeah, because he never liked him anyway. Never liked him anyway. You imagine, can you imagine how, how sad that would be if you're a parent and your kid finds out that they're not related to you and they're like, good. Yeah. Well, that's really sad. <laughs> so Especially as Les is a recovered alcoholic at this point. Well, he's still, a, is he, he's out of the hospital. He's out of the hospital, why not? Who yeah. knows what he's getting up to. Yeah. Um, right, so Gordon goes to London, but then he comes back because he gets um, a letter from Granny Hopkins about his parentage and because she doesn't know that he's been tipped off and she's trying to blackmail, still trying to use this as blackmail. Yeah, so he comes back renting. and like, well, ILD knew it, actually. Yeah, they, they, they're they renting this place, then, mm. but they want to buy it. And like you said, trying to use it as blackmail. And he comes back and says, ha-ha, I knew all along. Well, I didn't know, I knew. I've known for a few months I've known that Betty for a is bit. Uh, actually my mum. I will not, I'm not going to help you. And the argument causes the, the Hopkins, they just do a midnight flit. Yeah. And they leave Weatherfield in the middle, and nobody knows where... They are. They, they they leave so fast. They accidentally leave Trisha behind, don't they? But yeah, this was it was a really weird end from the sounds of it to the Hopkins family. They just disappear in the middle of the night, and they're not even been in the program a year at this point. But and it was apparently all caused by the shame of failing blackmail. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they got a reputation, obviously, to hold up as the the master blackmailers of the North. It's like we've got to go back to Wales. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're, they're a canny bunch up here. Let's go back to Wales where we can we easily can just... blackmail those simple folk. Well, maybe that, yeah, maybe all of Wales was like, oh, you've embarrassed us. You've got to come back <laughs> for re-education purposes. So anyway. We, we thought we had something with their, we thought we, we haven't got very much in Wales, but now we thought we would have a reputation as black males and you spoiled it for us, Hopkins. Thanks very much. Come back here. <laughs> Perfect. Exactly what You could be the Welsh sound like. character on Coronation Street. <laughs> all you need to do is learn how to act and do a Welsh accent. <laughs> Right, so, yeah, they, they just leave and um, he, tr- Gordon tries to run the shop by himself. It doesn't work, so he has to take Blanche on to run it for him and he goes back to yes, London again. Blanche. He's like a yo-yo. <laughs> and then he comes back at the end of the year and he dates um, the, the barmaid at the Gatsby Club called Sophie Edwards. He gets drunk on a night out and he takes her back to Betty's and he's like, oh, this is my mum. And Sophie doesn't... Re- Why would you realise that this is a highly significant step in their father... I mean, mother, daughter... Well, he's, he's, he's... I don't know what I'm talking about. He's proper drunk, isn't he? He's steaming. And he... he th- 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 it's still supposed to be a secret. But I think he's like, ah, here's me, ma'am. Yeah, and, and she, she's she like, doesn't oh, okay. know that this was a secret. No. And so she talks to Rita, Deirdre and Ray about the fact that Gordon looks like his mum, who is Betty. And they're like, you're, you're an idiot. Or Mackie's his mum, what are you like? Well, yeah, they look so alike. Yeah, but he, then Gordon comes into the pub and kind of is like, come on, we've got to go. Do you know what shut up. Shut up, shut, shut up, up, girl. I've so, forgotten yeah, your name. He rushes, he rushes her out. Sophie. Sophie rushes her out and uh, everyone's like, that was weird. Maybe he, she is his mum. I think it's quite funny because Maggie and, Maggie and Betty 
I'd find it difficult to find two women who looked more dissimilar. I know. Who were on Coronation Street at the same time. They yeah. look nothing alike. Because you've got Betty, who's like very plump in the face, brown haired, very like, she was, she was like. She's an odd woman. She was isn't kind she? of tomboy before tomboys really yeah. exist. I don't know. I think tomboys already existed. But... She'd been hardened. And then you've got she, Maggie, who was really prissy and high cheekboned and blonde and neat. Mm. And, uh,. The fact that everyone's like, yeah, Gordon does look like Betty, not at all like Maggie. How suspicious. <laughs> so the word reaches Hilda the next day and she starts gossiping and saying, oh, best, Betty should be ashamed of herself. But then everybody starts to feel sorry for Betty and she realises that it's a good thing the truth has come out in the open and that maybe she shouldn't leave important papers stuffed in holes. <laughs> well, the reason they find it is because they're, they're the Hopkins have moved into the shop yeah, and it's just like stuffed down. Yeah, something. Yeah, something like that. But did, yeah. There's loads, there's always paperwork. In, in the old days of Corey, there's always some paperwork that was found stuffed somewhere. Well, the other story with that that I remember was when Ken finds out that yes. he's got the son, hasn't he, from Susan Cunningham, his girl, one of his girlfriends. Didn't want that behind the, a bureau as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was in number three where yeah. Ken used to live and Emily was doing yeah, a bit of right. decorating or something, I can't remember. I and she finds finds a bit of paper from Susan Cunningham in the 60s news. saying Ken yeah, I'm, ca- I think his I'm carrying your son something. yeah something like that and um, yeah, so I, these I, days you can't you just put your phone on the table and go to the toilet without mm. it and everyone looks on there and I finds know, out I love, I love it in Corrie when they find things from the past it's like yeah, also yeah, when um, when David found Ivy's diary yes. up in the attic that said that Gail wanted to abort him yeah, it's a really great. great way of just having a little Tied to the past. Yeah, tied to the past without characters just saying, oh, do you remember so-and-so? The other one was yeah. when, um, was it Sally finds one of um, Ogden's paintings in the That's attic right. at number 13? Very... I love all of that That was stuff. just a um, blink and you miss it thing. Yeah, it yeah, didn't yeah, actually yeah. turn into a storyline no, like this. No. So anyway, uh, they're all like, oh, good. Everyone knows and everyone's fine about it. And Gordon says, come to London with me. And she says, bloody hell, I would rather die in a fire. Yeah. So she stays up. Betty stays up north. And so, so this yeah. was, this was a huge, huge story at the time. And, and back then, well, I'd, I would say that these kind of retcons weren't a thing in soap. But they kind of were. Like you said, people weren't necessarily paying attention so much back then. They didn't have good memories. And you do did have characters like Ivy, who were supposed well, to yeah, be married can, to a guy called yeah. Jack. And then it turned out that he never existed. They played a bit more... No, I think they still do it now. They play fast and loose with some things and they don't expect you to notice. And sometimes we don't notice at all. Mm. But this was huge at the time, mostly for the actors who played um, Gordon and Maggie, um, Bill Kenwright and Irene Sutcliffe, because they really felt that the ca- they'd worked so hard on getting this mother-son bond between them. And Bill once said, they sent me the scripts, I read them and I cried. Wow, that's re- that's make that's this is quite significant really because this is a character that he plays on and off. Mm. You know, he played him for a year and then he moved on with his life and he came out when they asked him to. But when he got, you know, he, it's obviously so deep and meaningful to him. Well, the fact that he kept on coming back yeah. from leaving in the sixties and he he's last seen in twenty twelve, which ended up being Betty's funeral. This character, this this character in the show that propelled him into stardom. And now people are going around mucking around with his backstory. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's yeah. It's, it's how much of it is down to like, oh, it's kind of undermining my professional relationship with Irene. He played uh, Irene Sutcliffe. He played Maggie, or is it? 
you know, undermining yeah. my my characters or like besmirching the I mean, origin the, of my character. The thing is, it's not the same as, well, not for him at least. He always knew that she. No, no, no. He was wouldn't his, have... was not. She, she, he always thought that she was his mum. So it didn't make any difference to his performance, or it shouldn't do. No, exactly. It's, it's Irene who really did her best to play as if she was the mum. Yeah. Much in a similar way as I think, say, Margie Clark did playing Tyrone's mum, Jackie, recent uh, uh, up until it was revealed that, that I would say not the no, new canon. It's beneficial to you as a Cory. If you're in Cory at all and you're listening to this, I say always play every part with a slight hint of suspicion. Yeah, just in case. In case they retcon you to be a completely different person. Yeah, and then like, you can say, well, actually, when well, I gave that little look... I did a look. Gave, gave me a bit of a side <laughs> eye back in episode 11,562. That was to indicate <laughs> that, that, that I knew. I knew it all along. But no, Irene apparently was was angry. Bill, Bill in, in that Corrier's programme said that he was shocked, but she was not only shocked, she was angry. Irene said that it completely demolished the effort that both actors had put into making their relationship believable and loads of people involved got letters as well just saying this isn't right um you you two should be mother and son this was quite the scandal in the days but on the plus side at least it did lead to a really lovely relationship between Bill Kenwright and um, Betty Driver his new mum and they stayed very close for the rest of her life so that was you know going ahead 40 years or so and yeah he he kind of saw her as his second mum which was one of the reasons why he would always keep coming back to Coronation Street because he wanted to be in more stories with his with his Corrie mum which is lovely um I wonder how much of this was sort of like down to the fact that that um, is Mag- Maggie left, didn't she? Yeah, I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had left at this point. She just kind of coming back a little bit. Do you think that the they would have kept the same story if she hadn't wanted to leave? I don't know. I don't know where the idea where for this story this came idea? from. Yeah, that's but a to th- to th- look back at it now, to me, I go back at it and go, "Oh, that was exciting." And me, Mister, I hate retcons. Yeah. Um, this no because back consistent. in the day, you know, they didn't have quite these kind of scandals. This is this is feels huge to me, and I'd love to have been there at the time, think and just to find out what my reaction would have been as well. Because yeah, looking back, it's just well, that's what happens. Well, that's very juicy. It's also, um, you know, back in this back in this time, it would have been really really scandalous. That that's very true. I mean, it was certainly more scandalous then when it, were... than it was when it happened to say Ashley back in the late nineties when it was revealed that Fred was actually his dad and not his uncle. That was a brilliant storyline as well, but certainly not as scandalous as this one might have been. Well, women were still being thrown into mental homes for having children. Mm. Uh, I don't I don't know when that stopped, but uh, you know. This this would have been there would have been loads of people that would have probably hated Betty. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's no, it's no. We 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 talked about this fairly recently with when we did the Stephen Reed character profile, didn't yes. we? And, and Audrey having to give Stephen up to the Reeds, um, because that was that's what's what happened back then. I mean, it, it, I was saying about Ashley earlier, and I mean, you don't know because you didn't watch it at the time, and it was so long ago for me that it happened. I wonder it. Bill was saying that it kind of diminished that relationship that we build up as mother and son. Did the revelation that Fred was actually Ashley's dad, which was surely not planned from the beginning, did that demolish 
to diminish, sorry, the relationship between them, I would say no, it made it stronger. Well, why would... Yeah, but he's talking about his relationship between between Gordon and Maggie, not Gordon and Betty. Yeah, no, I, I suppose so, but it's a change of familial relationship and how you work with certain... Because Fred always, at the beginning, I assume, John Savadon was like, well, this is my nephew... I wonder when the storyline was pitched to him a few years later, no, you're actually going to be his dad, whether he said, oh, I would have played X, Y and Z differently had I known that I was actually playing his father. Yeah, but I thought he was so bombastic in his performance that you could, it made perfect sense. Mm. Do you not do you not think so? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I, I I wonder kind of similarly to say, say Carla and Johnny as well, because it was revealed that Johnny was her father and, I, I, I don't know, I just, I, I I thought particularly the Ashley and Fred one was done very, very well, but partly, I suppose, we didn't know Ashley's original mum. Yes, she came into the programme when the whole storyline was going on, but it wasn't like, oh, that's that's rela- that's ruined Ashley and original mum's relationship because we didn't really see much of it, so, I don't know. What what you been... I'm just, well, I just wonder why Irene Sutcliffe left Corrie and whether this was part of why she wanted to go... Or if they, she said, I'm going, and they were like, fine, well, we want to... No, the thing I, is, it doesn't I think make, she decided to go before this was... It doesn't make any sense for them to go, oh, we want someone to be Gordon's mum. If you're not going to be them, <laughs> you know, that doesn't make sense, because Gordon wasn't in it. No. Um, so that was really Gordon's last big story. Every time that he came back from uh, onto Coronation Street after that, it was for guest appearances almost, and just to dip his toe in and say, "Hello, it's me. I'm still, I'm still going strong," which is lovely. It's very, it's always nice when characters who have got these family members living elsewhere in the country when they pop up every now and then, and it happens so so rarely these days. I remember when Todd was away mm. uh, for a while, he would once or twice appear on the street, wouldn't yeah. they? Just for a family visit. But generally, family shows... visits just don't happen for practical reasons. It was also really nice to think that the actors enjoyed their time there so much that they're willing to put things on hold and that they, they're respected enough that, the, that Corey wants them back and it just shows a really nice, healthy working environment that makes you feel good about watching the show. Yeah. Even though I know some people did not have a good time. Well, not everyone has <laughs> not everybody had a brilliant time. Other on Coronation <laughs> we do know that for sure. Yeah, I mean, especially especially for Bill Kenwright, I mean, he didn't need Coronation Street. After he hit the big time with the theatre and then it, with the football like, after that, he didn't need to come back at all, but he would always put his schedules on hold to make these well, little guests. Not always, or some, some, yeah, he you, did he, periodically yeah. do this. So let, let's run down some of his later um, cameos. Well, in 1976, he comes back for two episodes. He finds out that the shop's being really badly managed by Gail and Trisha. Hey, surprise, surprise. <laughs> two bimbos. <laughs> and after his idea to buy it off Maggie um, and give it to Betty doesn't go down very well with Betty. He's like, I'm not running. I'm going on strike. I'm going to fold my arms and sulk. He puts it on the market, he doesn't he? He just decides to sell it. I think that's when... Um, is that when, when Alf gets steps in there? I can't, I can't remember. I think I'm missing somebody quite important. Don't write in and let me know. I don't, I don't need to be telling and told these things. <laughs> yeah, and that was basically... We live in ignorance on this show. That was basically Bill's last proper acting job in that 1976 curry. He just decided it, it wasn't for him and he wanted to... Um, do other things do go down other These, avenues this yeah. guy is just incredible really isn't he oh he, gosh he yes. was in um, he, he, after this he was in 
England, My England in 1995, and he played himself in an episode of Dream Team in 2003. Yeah, so Dream Team, that was that Sky One football programme. Do you remember seeing adverts for it? I remember like watching The Simpsons and seeing seeing adverts for no. that. England, My England was, a, I think it was a film, but it was um, it was about George II. So oh, it was a proper period piece, and I don't, I don't really? really know what I just assumed it was to... another football thing. No, 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 no. It was literally about, <laughs> about, about the Georgian era, so I don't, know wow. why, I don't know how we ended up in that. But he'd also been... Um, working as an actor when he wasn't on Corrie he's been in The Liver Birds Carry On Matron Dixon and Doc Green which I think my mum loved <laughs> um, and he was in that episode of the ITV play in 1975 so then he was in he, he Corrie in the ITV play a few times and then he sort of went I'm not going to be an actor anymore yeah, I'm going to just yeah. become an international like I said superstar of theatre and football. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but like I said, he did make the odd um, stint return after that. So 1982, he was back to announce to Betty that he's getting married to a woman called Caroline. Caroline? Caroline. I think Caroline. Betty thinks that she's rushing. he's rushing into things somewhat because he's only just got to know her. But yeah. when she meets her, she likes what she sees. She's like, marry her quick, otherwise I'll do it. Gives them her blessing. So... They have this quick register office due off screen later in the year. Betty's pretty heartbroken to hear about it after the fact that it's happened. Yeah. Um, and a few years after this, Caroline gives birth to, her, to, to their son. Later in 1982, Gordon's real dad, Ted, turns up on the street <gasps> oh, no. to visit Betty. Now, this is quite heartbreaking, really. What? So this is the wartime, this is the wartime Portsmouth sweetheart. living yeah, sweetheart, Ted. Um, you know, although, you say he's a wartime sweetheart and everything. I call him a deadbeat dad and a he dog. He didn't know. He just had another wife he had to get back to. Mm. Uh, I was reading uh, in one of the old Corrie magazines. It says that Ted lived in Southampton, but Corriepedia say Portsmouth. So well, they're very different enough, places. Who's right? We are allowed to travel between the two now. Since <laughs> Maybe the war he was slight and fair or somewhere in between. Mm. Anyway, he's got no idea about his secret son. He just like um, recognises her name and, and comes to talk with her. And although she tells him that she's married to a man called Cyril now, so there's Cyril Turpin, and she tells him that she has a son that's not actually Cyril's, she doesn't tell him the whole story. She doesn't oh, say, Betty's by the way... saying this to Ted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She doesn't say, by the way my son is your son because she realises that many years have passed by this time. Get some money he doesn't want to drop a new son on him. He's doing perfectly well with for himself. Her son is doing great. So he leaves the show and wow. just after that little one or two episode appearance, n- not knowing that he's got another son out there. See, this is the chaos that gets caused by those genetics websites, the family tree things. Yeah, I couldn't get away with that these days. I'm surprised they haven't done that in Corrie. They haven't really, have they? What, genetics? Well, like, I've done a swab and I found out I've got half um, not, not really, but Tyrone was very interested in his family tree last... or Not yeah. like five, six years well, ago when he found out about Evelyn. School. But yeah, I don't know whether there's been any... Oh, well, there's also you got your DNA test stories when the father wants to find out whether the baby is actually his. Yeah. But yeah, not not a... Because really it's interesting, DNA isn't it? find out that I'm half Viking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's next? In 1995... Yeah, long gap. What was the last one? 1982, we just yeah. said. So he has a bit of a 13-year hiatus from Coronation Street while he's doing some fairly important things in the theatre. Betty gets engaged to Billy Williams and Gordon shows up for the wedding and Billy likes him, but he wonders if this guy is the one that is his real dad. Yeah, all this time he, he doesn't, doesn't know. know. Betty doesn't tell him ever 
who his dad is and and, and she that's and so, really unfair because the story with billy williams if you remember was that he and betty were also sweetheart ish she I think, got around i'm telling you i think it was um it was, was her it dart v- skills that all the men <laughs> loved it because she could beat them at darts wasn't it ve night that billy and betty met and then he comes back for um the d-day no not the d-day or maybe it or whatever it was. No, the, yeah, the VE Day celebrations anniversary thing in 1995. And um, they get together. They, yeah, yeah. And they, and they get together and get married. So Billy, yeah, Gordon thinks is this he my might dad? be his no. dad. Is this no. my dad? No. Is this my dad? No. I'll tell you when your dad turns up. Would you want to know? Yes, if you knew that your mum knew. I would get mad. This would consume me with... You know what I'm like? I don't like it when you, you when somebody knows something I don't know. No, you do. You don't I like don't like secret. people telling me they know secrets. I don't like lies or secrets. They drive me insane. I, so if I, if my mum knew who my dad was, I would never, ever stop asking. And it doesn't seem like he was a wrong un. Just because he lived in Portsmouth. Why is, it her, why is it down to her to decide whether or not he should know? How Who's it, who's it negative I don't. I don't know how much Gordon Put. wanted to know. Because... But, you know, he did have a terrible relationship oh, no, with his adopted father, yeah. Les. So that, you know, in some like, oh, in some fictions, me. that might lead to the character to say, well, I want to find my real dad. Yeah. But he he clearly didn't want to know that much. Or he just respected his mum's wishes. That, Don't tell me I want it to be a surprise. he didn't want to spoil a stir the pot. Maybe it's the king. <laughs> Could be. He gives um, her away. Gordon gives Betty away at the wedding. At the wedding. <laughs> and he has to go back to London. Yeah, because Car- Caroline isn't a very nice piece of work. We we meet Caroline Not a in nice 19... piece of work. No, she's nasty. She just does. She doesn't like it in Weatherfield. She wants to whisk him back down be. south. Um, and this carries on when Caroline appears in it again um, a few years later. So this there was a nice story behind this. Like I said, thirteen years had passed since Bill's previous appearance in Coronation Street in the early 80s Corrie wanted him back for Billy's wedding and he said the only reason that he came back is because it would be a, a short stint and the story would be about Betty oh Abby you got something to <laughs> say there just loves the, she loves Gordon Clegg you got anything to say there she's got stuff all over her mouth what's she been doing she's got eating in, a stick eating grass Abby um, anyway um she, he he said because I've got the um, a Coronation Street magazine with it with an interview with Bill Kenwright back in the day and he says I look upon Betty so this is Betty Driver um, as my second mother we're very close and I've kept in constant touch with her and as my own mother is a huge Coronation Street fan too I agreed to do it for her so he basically yeah. had his fake mother and his real mother that were both saying oh come back and come back and do a little bit on Coronation Street yeah but uh, as I say he was a very very busy man at that point and uh, the, the his anecdote about that time was that he broke the record in his hotel for the highest number of faxes ever received by a guest because he had 13 stage shows in production all around the world at this That's point. That's ridiculous. And it, That's he, utterly ridiculous. And the fact that he was it? able to put Imagine. that on hold to come and film a yeah. little bit on Coronation Street, good for him. He said, although returning to the street has certainly caused problems, I don't regret it for a moment. That's how you can tell that you're the boss. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know I'm causing problems, but I don't care. I pa- I pay you to deal with my problems that I cause. Yeah, exactly. He said the day after they asked me, I was so excited. Mm. Even at Wembley, when we won the Cup, fans were calling me Gordon. When I'm walking <laughs> along the road, people still shout, hey, Gordon. And I even receive mail addressed to him. Well, I hope you don't open it. I, I don't know how much of that to believe or not, because, like I said, he was only in it for no, hang on, 100 or so was, episodes. You know, he's talking, this is... 1995 so this was a magazine that you read that was you know contemporary to the time yeah and um in the 90s we still didn't have 
that many channels mm. and they weren't super popular so coronation street is still like a massive part of culture especially if you're up in the north yeah yeah i guess so i guess so well um he next returns the character that is not bill kenwright in 2002 so this is betty's retirement party this is you know when bet lynch first came back onto the street with the uh, yes give Who that boy forget? a coconut Bet, Bet and Gordon turn up for that, but he's played by someone else here. This is Jeffrey Leesley, um, who is a pretty. He well, apparently is a fairly, you know, a fairly well-known actor. He'd been a TV um, actor since 1976. He's even still acting today, um, he, and he'd been in Coronation Street in 1978, ca- oh, playing a guy called Tommy guy. Cox. So, yeah, they decided... I, I don't know why Bill Kenwright couldn't make it for that one, but they decided to I wonder him why. A, again, I wonder busy, why he... Busy man. He's like, last time I came to Manchester, I broke all the fax machines. I can't come back. <laughs> and I said I don't care and it caused problems. Well, <laughs> the rest of the board at Everton maybe had something to say about <laughs> that particular quote. Anyway, so th- this is this is really nothing. He's just there saying, hello, it's me, Gordon. Um and we get to see a bit more of oh, Caroline being this. an utter cow because yeah. he decides to tell Betty, look, you're retiring from work on the Rovers. Do you want to come down and live with me in Wimbledon? They are at this point. And Caroline is not happy with no. this. But Betty decides to go down and live with him anyway. Um, although she doesn't stay that, of course, for very long because it turns out that she's nothing more than a glorified housekeeper. Caroline really, really doesn't like her. And um, so she comes back to Weatherfield again. I can imagine the epic clash of personalities that was involved. Can you imagine if Mm. Betty was your mother-in-law and she didn't like you and she lived in your house? Those two really were locked horns. Although by by this time, Betty had mellowed a little bit. No, she never did. No, she never did. I think she she was just so fond of Gordon. She was happy to put up with things. Yeah, she like, did. She was a bit of a sucker sometimes for for people who who needed her. Yeah, I think I remember she kind of comes back to Weatherfield to for a little bit, gets talking to Emily and talks about, oh, you know, it's quite nice. We'll be house. Of course, I right. mostly spend most of the time alone there because yeah, Gordon and Gordon and Caroline are very busy, and um, and everyone just persuades her to come like, back to don't, Weatherfield. Don't again. hang out with that sour old bitch. Come back here. <laughs> um, Gordon also is in it in two thousand and four, just a one-off appearance with some flowers for Betty's birthday, and that was that was Jeffrey Leesley as well. Not really sure why they did that, really. But um, that was all we heard of the character until two thousand and twelve, when Betty sadly died, and this was following the off-screen death of Betty Driver, who played the character for. Many, many, 40 plus years, I think she was in the show. Good old Betty. Um, and there's, there's a bit of scandal um, around the way her exit was handled, wasn't it? This is this was a few months before the podcast started, and I'd be interested to know what we would have said about yeah, it. Yeah, we would have probably had, had more, a rant. But we? I don't know whether we would, because... Well, let, let's just... Okay, just, let's just, explain. What, what happened? What's, so, the, what's so, the scandal? Um, he comes back and he tells everyone that Betty has died, and he arranges her funeral... And he agrees that she should be buried with Cyril in Weatherfield. And so... Sorry, Billy. Rita decides to clear out the house and she finds a letter there bequeathing the Rovers to Betty from Annie Walker. So... Yeah, basically saying, yeah, after I die, I want Betty to have the Rovers. So this puts the cat among the pigeons and and Stella Price, who's the landlady at the time, thinks, well, hang on a minute, I thought the pub was mine, but maybe technically it should be Betty's. Yeah, this should have come up in the searches, Stella, when you bought it. You should just speak to your (laughs) solicitor. Um, So anyway, Stella's like, oh, no, 
what will I do now? In her like best that. northern yeah. accent. As good as mine. So the, obviously, And the, Gordon's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> well, the big scandal here, the, the, it's just, it's quite apt that in Gordon's final appearance, there's a, fa- a discovered letter a that, suppo- that tries to have a bit of a retcon. Yeah. Because, of course, Annie Walker couldn't possibly have bequeathed the Rovers no. to Betty because she didn't own the no. Rovers. It was owned by Newton and Ridley at the time. So it was a very nice idea, in a way, to say, oh, Betty, you you, you actually been the Rovers' um, owner all this time. But for people who cared about that kind of thing. And I don't know whether we would have done it at the time. We would have moaned about this. This reminds because- me... Right, this sorry, this is a personal anecdote. This reminds me of when I was little and my godmother gave me a copy of Sleeping Beauty, the Disney film, yeah. to watch on my birthday. And I was utterly devastated to find out that she just rented it from the corner shop and I had to give it back. <laughs> so this is kind of like what um, <laughs> this is kind of like what exactly Annie was doing. Exactly Annie's like, here you go, you can have this. You, <laughs> you, can, you can have all of it. I don't care. I'll be dead. That's funny, that's funny. Yeah, so they're like, oh, well, let's just not say anything about it. And that's that's how they ended up being, because I think that retcon has kind of been just forgotten about and retconned away, retcon hasn't it? Retcon it back. Yeah. Well, eventually... I'd like to retcon Stella out. <laughs> the, the, the episode carries on, and, and we there's Betty's funeral. I don't think we see the funeral, I can't remember, but there is a, a, little, the there's a little wake in the Rovers afterwards, and Gordon reads this really touching letter that supposedly, you know, written by Betty. I don't reckon it was written by her. So uh, she kind of calls out, I think, um, uh, Ken and Deirdre and, and Rita and Dennis and a few of the out. others. Shout out to Ken and Deirdre <laughs> in my final will. Um, and Shout out to Ken, the OG. It's, it's, it's really nice. If you haven't seen that, I, I, was, I watched it the other day and it was a really well written and performed scene um but at the end of the episode we have the whole ghostly voices going through the rovers as stella's there in the dark and she hangs up the portrait of betty on the wall which is still there now good never remove but it <laughs> there was also a those caption those waterfords that... try to take get it down i'm gonna get mad i know i know what happened to that but yeah there was a caption underneath the picture that said betty williams landlady 1984 to 2012 and i don't know when they got rid of that because that's not there now oh. is it so literally, they put up landlady. Yes, landlady. Oh, They're I get kind it. Kind of officially acknowledging the fact that she was the true owner of the Rovers since Annie Walker died, which clearly she wasn't. And I think after that, Coronation Street, um, just like, well, that was just a nice little we'll throwback. Don't that, worry about that. Do you know? Do you know who was in charge of the storylines at that point? You know, the the head storyline or whatever the the title was called back was in it those you? days. Is Ian McLeod? Oh, okay, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> yeah, he's been the producer for what six years now, but even back then he was still working meddling fairly, fairly <laughs> high up in the medicine department. He also Gordon also gives um, Sean the hot pot recipe. Oh yeah, he does, doesn't he? Kind of significant plot when it comes comes up every now and then, doesn't it? Yeah, that Sean is the the, the, the holder, holder of, the, of secret the secret recipe. So I want to know what he does. With the because there, there has been there's been a few stories about him and his hot pot recipe. Who Sean? Yeah, yeah. I want to know what he's doing with this recipe now. I don't know whether it's in the public domain now. I can't remember whether recipe. he's still got it under lock and key. I'll tell you what. What you can't copyright a recipe. Maybe, maybe. You know, we're seeing a bit of um, friction between Sean and Dylan at the moment on Corey, aren't we? Maybe Dylan's going to find D- the Dylan secret still... recipe and he's going to sell it on. <laughs> maybe he'll... to get the money that he owes uh, old old Mason. Mason be like, I'll buy it off you for a grand. <laughs> My mum's been going on about that pot pot recipe. Maybe he'll burn it. I, I and then, didn't and it end then up Sean at the bistro at one point. To, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. 
Maybe he'll burn it and Sean will have to try to remember how many dashes of Worcester sauces. I don't I don't think we see I know the Rovers is closed at the moment, but I don't think we see very much hot pot eating going on. They do eat it. They Loads do. on cock. Yes, they, they do. They've always got, oh, yeah, they they've the, got those little ceramic dishes. Yeah, you're right, and they did have the story earlier this year, didn't they, where Jenny was trying to scrimp on yeah, the, uh, on to the contents. Less- lamb in there yeah yeah because i tell right. you what the price of lamb is shocking now do you guys remember <laughs> when it used to be be able to get a pack of lamb for the same as part of a pack of beef cubed beef and now it's seven pounds over seven pound shocking. for 450 grams of cubed lamb what am i princess of wales <laughs> um, don't have money for that good old Gemma rants love them i i don't care this one is way why, or the other about the price this of is lamb. why when the when i get a flash sale you we end up with 10 packs of lamb <laughs> in our chest freezer mm. so um little bit about bill himself then we've kind of pussyfooted around what he was most well known for because it certainly wasn't coronation street but but for me it was his work in theater now i am not a theater lover at all what do you mean for all. you it was the work, his work in theater okay i don't like football so for me okay. the most important thing that he did was be a very very successful theater the, product uh, producer because you don't really go to the theater darling. i don't really but i if i had the choice about going to the theater or the football theater would win because it's indoors and warm. Yeah. Uh, but um, he he had... Um, Blood Brothers was his biggest, or one of his biggest successes. Um, been running in... I think it's still there, I can't remember. But for 25 or so years, Blood Brothers has been running on West End. And I think he had a bit of a reputation of taking musicals that weren't doing so well and turning them around and turning them into smash hits. Let's Joseph- put Melanie C in it. Let's put... What's his Jason Donovan in it? Yeah, well, yeah, Melanie C did Blood that. Brothers, didn't she, for a little bit? Pop zones, pop Kylie Minogue well, in it. There's going to be a tribute to to, to Bill Kenwright mm. um, next month, I think. That's going to be led by um, Melanie, Melanie C. C. Favorite Spice Girl. Um, but yeah, she, he was also responsible for the um, the huge success of Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat, which, as a child, I remember being that was the, the mass, big that was thing. like everyone. That was the first time I ever think I had a consciousness of theatre, like musical theatre. Yeah. I think that was our generation's introduction to musical theatre. That was the Hamilton of the 80s. Everybody was going on about Jason Donovan and, and singing all the songs. I remember singing the songs I with all my, my gaggle of little girlfriends in the in the <laughs> playground going... Nye, nye, um, so he did that. He did a load of Broadway stuff. He was made CBE in 2001 for services to film and theatre. Um, and in 2008, he was awarded an honorary degree for Nottingham Trent Union, recognition of his outstanding contribution and commitment to British theatre. He was just huge. He was he was an honorary fellow of Liverpool's John Moores University, an honorary professor at the University of West London. Honestly, I think that if we look at and I think Corrie can still claim him as we add him first. Oh, yeah. He's got to be up there with Coronation Street's biggest export. success stories. I mean, I know we they had Davy Jones for one episode, didn't they, in the <laughs> 60s. But really, this is this is working class lad done good. I don't know how he did it. He's incredible. <laughs> um, he whistled down the wind, Evita, Jesus Christ, Superstar, also all these huge, C. huge names. Um, in 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 theatre, he was he was there pulling the strings behind them. Um, he also I found quite interesting put on a few stars show, um, with um, fellow Corey actors starring in them as well. So uh, Pat Phoenix did a tour in 1970 called The Miracle Worker, and and he was behind that. Um, Anne Reed was in Billy Liar, and uh, Reginald Marsh, who played um, Dave Smith in Coronation Street, was in that with with Anne Reed as well. So some nice little um. 
connections to his curry roots in some of the shows that he put on. Shall I tell um, you about the football things? Yeah, I'm just going to fall asleep with football, that, sorry. As a football fan myself, deeply involved in football, <laughs> um, I can tell you all the facts I of my head. I absolutely respect. I've seen so much positive, uh, so many positive vibes and well wishes and really you know, grief from um, Everton football, fans. People. It really felt like he was so, so respected by the players, yeah. by the fans. He was responsible for the likes of Wayne Rooney. I know that he was a bit of a... Um, um, man. A prodigy of Bill of, of Bills. Yeah, go you to t- tell well, us a bit Well, he more. was involved in the Everton Football Club in the 80s and yes. then he purchased shares and he bought 68% of the club in 1999 and then he became the chairman in 2004. It's basically like, I'll, I'll have a bit of that. Who Keep else? Buying bits Isn't of it. like Delia Smith? Yeah. Doesn't she own a football club? She did at Sometimes one point. Sometimes it's the most. Well, it was no, but also Ryan Reynolds and what's his face of Always Sunny in Philadelphia have that Wrexham, don't they? And I now I think know. that those are celebrities are like, I'm going to buy a football club. I suppose it could be quite a money maker, but I don't think you get into it because to make money. But the, yeah, the, for, for Bill, he was always an Everton supporter, and it must be nice if you know if you've got well, a load like, of cash coming in, saying, "Well, yeah, well, I want to invest in this well, club that I'm so could, passionate about." Imagine if you could buy a share of Coronation Street. Exactly, exactly. I'll have that couple. Yeah, get me on the board. Get no me, more. I want to be no more experimental of the editing. <laughs> Can you imagine doing a doing a, a soap by? By um, committee. I think that's the only way we're going to get in there and get our our wants. um... Catered to. Yeah, exactly. exactly. They might make us a cup of tea, but I think that's the most we'll get out of them. (laughs) So early in in August this year, he was diagnosed with liver cancer and he had surgery to remove the tumour, but he had to stay in ICU for a prolonged period of time. And it looked like he was going to have a long recovery, but unfortunately he died on the 23rd of October this year, 2023, and he was aged 78. I think it was earlier in October they put out a press release, did Everton, saying, yeah, he's he's okay, he's doing all right, the, the surgery was successful, and it was, yeah, within within weeks, I think, that sadly the Around news four, broke that um, he passed away. Yeah. So John Whiston, who's the Managing Director of Continuing Drama and Head of ITV in the North, has said, though he is known to the world as a top theatre producer and chairman of Everton, he is known to Coronation Street fans as Gordon Clegg, the illegitimate son, don't bring that up, John, (laughs) goodness, of the much-loved Betty Williams, he said. Though he left the show in 1969 to pursue his stellar career as a producer, we will always be grateful to him for returning from time to time to take part in important storylines, none more so than when he returned to this street for his mother's funeral in 2012. Uh, Anthony Cotton uh, said, rest in peace, Bill Kenwright, you were always so kind and supportive to me over the years you were totally in love with our business and everyone who worked in it and also of course your beloved football club a real highlight of my time at coronation street was chatting to you over the rovers bar when our betty passed away one of the greats for sure an icon see you on the other side tristan gemil <laughs> says devastating news about bill kenwright he was a force of nature passionate kind and fiercely loyal the british theatre landscape won't be the same without him i was lucky enough to cross his path and feel the bond of family that he cultivated R.I.P. a very great was, man. I just remember the day that his death was announced and there was just wall-to-wall shock on our social media. Yes. It's so much outpouring of love for this man whose careers, the actors that we follow, had touched in some way over yeah. the years. And then obviously the football thing. So he was just like all sides. Everybody was really sorry to say goodbye to, to mm. him. Um, Sally Matthews, another Curry um, star... Oh, 
you may have heard of her. <laughs> I don't know where I was Which, going with she that. Play? <laughs> she said, what a man, what a character. Thank you for the opportunities you gave me and countless others. There was no one quite like you. Oh, it's so sad. It is. but It, it really goes to show you um, that even though he had all these amazing achievements and all the things that he did, the people that actually knew him were just talking about how lovely and mm. kind and what a great person that he was and I think that's really special yeah yeah I mean sadly you do get some so some Coronation Street actors of the You're past have bastards. had bastards is that what you mean I'm just some <laughs> of them had say? more unfortunate sad ends and they kind of fell on hard times and, and had yes. struggles and problems so although it's obviously sad that we, we no longer have Bill Penwright in the world it's nice to look back and say well he was loved and will yeah, be that's well really remembered lovely. what more can you ever want when yeah. you when you die then for people who to say that they loved and respected you and that you were a good person you guys have better say that about the podcast when we're gone good. Anyway, there'll be a few people that'll go. Thank God. (laughs) I I didn't think the podcast would last that long. I said I'll listen to it. They'll probably be over in about a week or two. But no, Uh, here I am, fifty years later, still listening to the to the character profile of (laughs) Um, Simon's third child. Um, anyway, so Billy Bob, Billy Bob Barlow, the second. There, there is Gordon Clegg. One hundred and six episodes was it? The scandal of the uh, secret mother. Some good retcons. Well done. Absolutely. And um, I, I do kind of wonder, ooh, what, what if he'd stayed? What if? It wouldn't have had a very good chairman of everything. Well, I do wonder like, if he'd have decided to say, well, yeah, I quite like Corrie and commit to that. Think of all the... Think of how the theatre world in particular would be different. Well, also, considering he seems to be incredibly ambitious and really clever and, um, like, he knows... He seems to know how to get stuff working and how to get you know work with people to achieve what he, he wants he'd probably end up being the executive producer for life yeah that's true that's true he probably would have ended up yeah just take just taking control of it and um who knows where where we would be now <laughs> i'd like to imagine that he had a, 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 a well no he did have this child peter clegg actually didn't he He's he's going to be our age, isn't he? He was born in nineteen eighty five. Maybe if they oh, want to, young, studly, handsome. I, I do Peter sometimes Clegg. like the idea of just bringing back old old families and well, trying listen, to say, oh, let's get that name again. Isn't this an interesting concept to think that you know there is still that the elephant in the room of the um, the, the the fact that that uh, Annie passed it to to Betty. <laughs> what if Peter Clegg gets a whiff of this and comes knocking on oh the door, going, gosh. "Well, what, that could that could wouldn't that be really funny?" Maybe if that he's going to be the there story. in the yeah, getting the Rovers back again, <laughs> going, Look, saving it from Waterford. Yeah, sorry, Waterford. So you've got no right to buy this because it still technically belongs to the Clegg family. <laughs> and I don't think that's going to happen. Peter but Clegg. What if? I'm here to save the day and I'm also very handsome and my character will be introduced as a bit of a ladies' could, man and a heartbreaker. I could play Peter Clegg, you know. Are you Welsh? I, I can play someone who's 38, I reckon. Uh, I reckon he should have been raised in Wales just <laughs> so you can practice your accent. Right. Um, I think I think we'll end it there. We, we, yes. We've said all we can say about Gordon Clegg. I would love to watch more of him. We've only seen a, a handful of episodes with him in. But um, maybe one day we'll be able to watch a little bit more and then and then... We'll go, oh, I remember when we talked about that. <laughs> well, if you, you guys won't be there, though, so... No. 
No. Sorry. Shall we go? Shall yeah. we end? Shall we Thank have you, our dinner? Everybody Thank you for listening, for listening to that. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you've got any memories. If if you are unlike us, if you actually have any real genuine memories of Gordon I Clay. I do remember the bit when he was with Lucille. I, know, I, know, I remember I know. quite a lot. In the train station. He wasn't he was only in hundred and six episodes. And we say what percentage of those. <laughs> yeah, that is true. You, that is true. Like an, a full you probably, number. Yeah, you've probably seen number. like maybe over one percent of his episodes. I've def- no, I've seen probably three I'd say three percent I've seen. <laughs> Gordon Clay. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, uh, yeah. If you have um, got some good memories you would like to share, please do, because we love that kind of thing. Right in conversationstreet at gmail.com or find exactly. us on social media. Yeah, do. Thank you everyone for listening, Thanks and we'll see listening. you at the weekend. The music for this episode came from podcastings.com. Brought to stage by Bill Kenwright. Yay!